Welcome to the show. Here we are going to discuss midlife. Yes, the dreaded midlife changes that happen to women. We're going to empower women to take back control of their health and their fitness with simple steps. Are you ready? Awesome. All right, so how many women here feel like they've been misled or maybe lied to about health, fitness, hormones, uh, what you should and shouldn't eat, uh, how you should exercise, um, weight gain is just the normal part of getting older, uh, you know, things deteriorating, it's okay, it's just part of the aging process. I don't know about you, but I call it BS, right? Why? <laughs> Why? Why are we misled? That's a great question. Like, I don't know if it's because the science is just not up to date. Do, well, I can tell you, just being in the science field myself, that a lot of research is done, especially in my field in exercise science, a lot of research is still done just on men. I don't know why. Like, I don't, don't ask me. I don't know. I don't know. But it is. But there is, I will say, there is more and more research coming out on just women. Sometimes it's a mixed bag. Sometimes it's men and women in research. But um, I will admit that there is more research being done on just women, which is nice because we're different. <gasps> Did you guys know that? Holy shit. Wow. Like, even if you identify as a woman, biologically, you cannot be a woman. Well, I guess you could go through a sex change, take hormones. But anyways, that's not what we're here to discuss. Like, we are just so biologically different. We depend on different hormones for different functions. You know, men, when they weight train, their primary hormone um, for muscle gain uh, in working out is testosterone. Kind of know that, right? Like, we live in this testosterone lit up world. Um, women, actually, we have testosterone. We do use it to gain muscle, but one of our primary hormones uh, when working out that we use is estrogen, right? Like, hello, we hear that all the time. So we are just so different. So when research is done just on men, it's hard to carry that over into like how would that affect a woman? Um, so today we're going to talk about Really, let's, let's, let's bust open some myths about fitness, health, hormones, middle age. Because um, I'm tired. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing stuff and think you're supposed to do this. No, you can't do that. You got to do this. You know, one day eggs are bad, then they're good, then they're bad, then they're good. Uh, egg whites. No, not, you have to have the yolks. Oh, because it's good for cholesterol. Like, whatever, right? So... I don't know about you, but I'm tired. So, let's discuss, uh, first, let's discuss this age thing with hormone changes. Uh, so, we hear that, is, ugh, how do I want to put this without being like, blah. Okay, so, kind of like 55 is a hot spot. It really is, but um for changes but guess what like especially nowadays 
more women are entering their midlife change. Some as early as 35. My sister, you know, was in her mid-30s when she started. Here I am, like, you know, 49 in the throes of it. So, sometimes genetic plays a factor, sometimes it doesn't. Just so you know. Uh, but the average age, they do say the average age is 52. Um, you could be go up to 60, though. Like, just so you know. Just think, oh, I hit my 50s, I must be done. No, like, you could go all the way up into about age 60, maybe a little over, uh, before you complete a full change. Uh, yep. Sucks, doesn't it? Um, so, and the change can, you know, it can last. Some people do it quick. God bless them. Right? Uh, some people drag it out. Like, <laughs> we've got the difficult one. Um, you know, some people it can last up to 15 years. God help you, too. Uh, anyways, if that's you, like, I'm, I'm praying for you because that just means 15 years of, like, ups and downs, mood swings, if you're married, like, contemplating. Listen, I'm not advocating for, you know, often the husband. But I know when I first started having mood swings, oh, I'd get so frustrated with that man. And I literally Googled. I was at work one day, and I was like, I'm going to kill him, I swear. I Googled how to dispose of a body. People think that's funny. I was serious. Well, kind of. But anyways, um, if you ask, like, Google, like, Google, where should I dispose a dead body? And it'll tell you the uh, Florida Everglades, just the FYI. Don't do it. You know, I'm not being serious. But anyways. Um, so, let's talk weight gain, though. Because that's one of the biggest things. Like, women are like, oh, man, I've been gaining weight. And, some, and, man, it can happen in the weirdest places. Like, how many women, like, woke up one day and, like, all of a sudden there's, like, this little extra fat pocket on the outside of their hips. Like, where did that come from? That wasn't there yesterday. I swear to God, that was not there. Um, maybe, uh, abdomen, you know, maybe you were a lower thigh gainer or a lower body gainer and all of a sudden you start to see some fatty, fatty deposits, a little extra weight gain around the abdomen area, which is abnormal for you. Um, outer thighs is a big hot spot. Uh, and I mean, if you don't take care of it and nip it in the bud, then yeah, it can get out of control. It'll go everywhere. It's like an invasive species. Um, so weight gain during midlife is a real hot topic. And honestly, I wish I had like this super concrete answer for you. It's not hormones, but it can be. Like, I know that didn't clear a fucking thing up. Sorry. <laughs> but here, here's where it gets tricky. As we get older, I have to admit, we're not young pups anymore, right? Maybe we're not quite as active as we used to be. We become a little bit more what they call sedentary, right? Maybe we have a desk job now, you know, where we were younger. Maybe we were uh, hauling ass, like, doing, I don't know, just, I, whatever, like, stocking groceries. Uh, I don't know, like, what do, like, 20 and 30-year-olds do? Whatever. Waitressing, maybe. I know I waitressed when I was in my 20s uh, for some quick cash. Um, and, I mean, that's a kick-butt job, right? Like, you're always hauling. 
Uh, and as we get older, maybe we got a degree or experience. We move up, you know, into management or, you know, whatever we our career we choose. And today, a lot of people are working from home, no matter what you did before. And you find yourself sitting behind a computer or sitting at a desk a lot more than you used to. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest factors in the weight gain. Uh, hormones might determine where you gain that weight. But uh, your lifestyle is going to be the biggest factor. So here's where we say hormones, they can, and they can and they can't. They can't. You can't blame them. You can't blame them completely. Like you do, most people need to make lifestyle changes. Let's be honest with ourselves. Like most people eat shitty. Probably 80% of the time, maybe 50% of the time. But, um... You know, we could really, most people can clean that up, myself included. You know, I, especially, you know, the holidays just got done. I, I was rocking it out. I did 75 hard, you know, got done like on November 9th and, uh, the day my granddaughter was born. And, uh, then, you know, a couple weeks later we're making Christmas cookies. I did really good. Made Christmas cookies. I ate some Christmas cookies. It kind of went downhill from there. For the next three weeks, I made it through Christmas. I did good. I, You know, I didn't do horrible. I would say probably it was like a 60-40 split. Um, but, you know, now it's like, yeah, I did gain a couple pounds. Eh, shit. Well, time to, But it's a new day, right? I get another chance to, to do this again. So um, I'm going to start 75 hard again. So if anybody wants to do it, let me know. It's not easy. It's hard. But it's worth it. Oh, my gosh. I racked it out the first time. Pray for success the second time. Anyways, back on track. Um, so, like, lifestyle. Like, most people can clean up their diet. I, you know, people tell me all the time, like, oh, I eat pretty good. I I say, mm, I, I call BS on most of that just because people don't understand what's healthy and what's not. And uh, I, the best way for you and me, like, if you're working with me, it, to, to see what's going in the pie hole is track it, write it down. Either use MyFitnessPal, or there's a couple other apps out there where you can track your nutrition. Or just write it in a little a little journal, get a little notebook. Uh, just start jotting down, you know? And if you don't know measurements yet, just write down like I, you know, one big chicken breast or one medium chicken breast, or I eat, you know, 20 chicken wings, be honest. You know, I, I grabbed uh, five chocolate chips out of the fridge. Write down everything because it's those little things that sometimes you eat throughout the day. Those little snacks as you're walking by the pantry. Yeah, I'm guilty. Um, maybe the handful of nuts that you just didn't realize you shoved in your mouth. That's like, you know, a lot of calories because fat calories are, you know, are nine calories per gram compared to carbs and protein, which are only four. That's why we don't eat as much fat. Um, so, yeah, so write down everything. Every time you, like, keep that little notebook handy or a piece of paper handy or your phone. Every time you go shove, shove something in the pie hole, write it down or, or track it somehow. You'll be surprised. Like, either you will find, so it either goes one of two ways. You either find that, um, I'm eating way more calories than I thought or I'm not eating enough calories. So when you don't eat enough calories throughout the day or, and you don't eat enough times a day, it actually slows down your metabolism. And then when you do eat, you tend to store it a little bit because your body's like, uh, hey, I don't know when I'm going to eat again, right? 
those people that eat like once a day. Uh, I know a lot of people, older people, especially older people who are overweight, I see them do this all the time. Or if they know they're going to have a, a celebration, they don't eat all day and then they go have their celebratory dinner. And I'm like, no, don't do that because your metabolism's like really slow. And it's going to take like, it's just going to like gather up all those calories and kind of like deposit them in other places of the body where you don't really want them. So don't do that. Stop doing that. So you're going to find one of two ways. You're going to, you're either waiting too much, you're eating too much or you're not eating enough. And believe it or not, by throwing more calories into your diet sometimes, it ramps up your metabolism and you go into a weight loss. Do you still have to be in a calorie deficit? Yeah, but if you're like only eating like a thousand calories or less a day, holy shit balls. Like stop for one thing, it's really unhealthy for you. But that doesn't mean that you like double that, you know, like, oh, I got to double what I eat. For one thing, your body probably can't handle it, but... You um, need to like increase that slowly. You don't have to do it all at once. You can do it a couple cal 100 calories at a time until you're up to like maybe you need to be at like, you know, 15, 1700 calories a day. Depending on your weight, size, mass, activity level, life factors that go into that. That's what personal trainers are for. Um, so lifestyle changes. Track your food. Track your freaking food. Um... And activity level, like I said, as we get older, you know, like me, my kids are all grown. I got grandkids. I don't see them every, I'm not with them every single day chasing them around the house like I was when my kids were younger. So, uh, lifestyle changes happen, you know, career changes happen. We get a little lazier, a little slower. Um, that's one of the biggest things you can change though. You can become physically active, more physically active. Now that I do have a few people I've seen throughout my career of training that, um, are too active so you got to be careful there has to be a healthy balance with everything um yeah so people who exercise a lot and they can't lose weight and they can't figure out why i'm just giving you this fyi throwing it in here it wasn't really in my notes um, exercise still creates cortisol. Cortisol is our stress hormone right so when we over exercise and we are not getting where we want to go Sometimes we need to change something or back off something because uh, maybe we've been doing something for a long time and it's not working anymore. Um, or you're like, oh, I'm not losing weight. You know, I've been working out all the time. And that's another, that's for another topic. That's another podcast, like different forms of workout and different effects on the body. But um, yeah, sometimes exercise is a, is a stressor to the body. It can be good or it can be, you know, bad. Uh, too much of a good thing, right? can be bad. So, you know, maybe track your activity level, like write it down, see what you're doing. Um, you know, and if you need help, that's what us fit pros are for. Seek one out. You know, if you want to see somebody in person, seek one out local. Um, I'm available online and in person, just FYI. Uh, so make sure you have a healthy balance of food, healthy balance of activity levels, and then if you, you like, and don't, you guys stick with it for more than, than a week or 30 freaking days, people. I always tell my clients when they come to me, six months is the magic number. You'll start seeing changes a little bit in 30, a little more in 60, 90 days. You're really starting to see some changes. You're getting fired up, but you got to make it to that stinking point. Most people quit. Like, stop. Just stop quitting on yourself. All right. You got to be in it for the long haul. 
Um, most people quit and then uh, don't see any results. But if you hit the th if you hit the ninety day mark, you better see results. Like if you hire a personal trainer for sure. But even on your own, you should start seeing some results if you're changing your nutrition habits and you're changing your activity levels. And um, but six months, like something happens between even ninety days and six months, like it's. Not only are you starting to notice, but other people are starting to notice. And when other people start to notice, you know there's some significant freaking changes going on in the body. Hello. So that six months is a sweet spot. And usually by, if you can make it six months, it becomes more of a lifestyle change and habit. Uh, that's why we like to say six months is a sweet spot. Anyways, so let's move on a little bit though. So because I kind of like, you know, beat that horse in the head. I don't think it was a dead horse, but it was a horse. And um, so weight gain. Oh, hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's touch on hormones. So if you get to the, so even the 90-day point and you're not seeing any changes at all, that's a good indicator that there could be a hormone issue. I mean, because as we enter midlife, um, estrogen can become low and it can become high. A lot of women get into what we call an estrogen dominance pattern. Um, and they're not producing enough progesterone. And you can, honestly, this, this pisses me off. I, I can't tell you this pisses me off. Okay. Sorry, I'm on my phone. You're going to get some dings. You might get a dog bark. You might get a cat meow. You might get a door slam. It's life here in the Kwiatkowski household. Um, anyway, so just quick story. Like a, about a month ago, I sent one of my clients to the doctor because suspecting a low progesterone. She was in estrogen dominance. And there's a whole explanation for that. Maybe I'll get to a podcast and talk about that a little bit. Um, it's on my Hot Flash Fitness page on Facebook, though. I kind of went into this nice little explanation about estrogen dominance. So go check it out. Uh, anyway, I sent her to the doctor. I said, hey, listen, you need to talk to your doctor about getting your hormones tested. And I gave her this whole list of things she needed to talk to her doctor about. And I was like, and you don't want, you don't really want a blood test. You want a saliva test because you can do the saliva test at the right time of your cycle. You can get, you know, it's more appropriate. It tests better. And then you just send it in and they say, yeah, you're in normal levels or you're not at normal levels. So at that point, you know that you need to do something to raise your progesterone levels. So her, she tells her doctor, oh, I think my, my trainer wants me, you know, suggested I get my hormones tested. I think my progesterone's low. He goes, well, you don't want to be on progesterone. He goes, you know, there, there's increased risk factors of cancer and it can mess you up. And I was like, listen, I told you, you don't want hormone supplement, especially for progesterone. And the doctor, literally the doctor said, Listen, I can send you out to get your hormones tested, but I'm pretty sure it's just all in your head. Oh, talk about being one pissed off bitch. Holy shit. This is the problem that we have. This is like one of those myth things. Like, this is her OBGYN saying, oh, Linda, I think it's all in your head. Like, what? Yeah, totally not happy with that. So, side note, I recommend, like, either getting with a doctor who specializes in women's health, with especially with midlife and hormones, because hormone imbalances can happen even in younger women, especially when younger women who are on birth control. This is something to look for, like depression, weight gain, 
uh, fatigue, like all the stuff. Like if a, a young girl's on birth control, like she could be having low progesterone because that that's just what the birth control does. Anyways, because progesterone is the pregnancy hormone. <sighs> yeah, just like <laughs> this topic fires me up so bad. Um. So I was like, listen, I told you, like, you don't want a hormone replacement for progesterone because there are many uh, hormones out there that will naturally raise it. And you just use them for a short period of time. They're not long-term use, just enough to, to boost it up and get it where it needs to go. And you know what? When your progesterone is level and your, your estrogen is not dominant anymore... Uh, you can, um, sorry, turn my thing off. Also, my phone's blowing up. Uh, you feel better. You, the, like, if you're, if, you, if you're having a lot of anxiety, um, maybe even fatigue, uh, irrational mood swings, like, again, like, murder husband, right? Um, there's some other markers too that I'll talk about in different podcasts. But anyways, progesterone is the called the feel good or the happy hormone. Hello. So if you're not if you're feeling opposite of it, guess what? There's a good chance that your progesterone is low. You need to fix that. You do it naturally. Naturally. And I'll do a, that's for a future date also. Like these little the the little perimenopause fixes that you can do. That's all natural. Yes, there are times when women need hormone replacement therapy, but if you can avoid it, do it. Anyways, so there are times where hormones, uh, you can become an estrogen, you can get into estrogen dominance and uh, it can affect your weight gain. So all that, <laughs> to summarize it in one little sentence. So yes and no. And most of it's lifestyle. Some of it can be hormone. Because if you balance your hormones out, uh, you will find that weight loss will be easier. So it won't be as difficult. Does that make sense? Gosh, I hope so. Um, over some of the other things that I wanted to talk about. I don't want to put too much in one podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, reading notes, reading notes. I think we'd like talked enough about weight gain. Let's talk about um, let's talk a little bit about uh, nutrition. One of the, well, no, like that. I'm gonna do that later. So let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I want to talk about osteoporosis a little bit. I've done it before in um, in a on a page. But uh, I really want to talk about it to y'all. Hitting my southern family here. Y'all, just because you are entering midlife does not mean you have to have weak bones. Let's just, let's just nip that in the bud. Um, there are lots of things that you can do. Uh, eating... Don't even, I don't, do I even want to go there? Taking high doses of calcium will not improve your bone density. More research has been done on this lately. 
I know I got my like science monotone voice on. More science, more research has been done lately that shows uh, taking high doses of calcium do not decrease your chances of breaks. Uh, does not increase your bone density because your bones are made up of like 12 different minerals like just increasing one mineral is not going to change your bone density if anything taking those high doses of calcium and you need vitamin d for that and you can take vitamin d but you really need the sun to synthesize it um, taking high doses of calcium can actually cause calcium calcification in joints, uh, calcium deposits in other areas of the body. Um, it can even cause some calcification in the brain. So be really careful. Like I really recommend food sources. Um, if your body's not absorbing it, then maybe think about taking a supplement on top of increasing your food sources. Uh, but just be careful, okay? I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to tell you yes, yay or nay. I'm just telling you what the research is saying. Uh, that those high doses of calcium are not making the changes that people think they are. Period. One of the best things you can do to develop stronger bones is one is reduce your stress because, you know, cortisol hormone will wreak havoc in the body, not just make you fat. Um, it can deplete you of other vitamins and minerals that you need to create strong bones, muscles, keep your sanity, and uh, stay fit. But one of the best things that you can do is, it plays into my field again, is weight-bearing exercises. Uh, weight-bearing, you could do body weight. It's, it's going to give you a little bit, like, you know, say doing some push-ups or uh, squats, but... It's going to be so minimal, you're probably not going to see a huge difference. Um, but the best thing to do is is to create what we call overload. Is grab some weight. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a dumbbell. Like anything that weighs more than what you lift with your arm, right? Say you want to create your arm, you know, improve your arm strength. Why? Because I have trained enough older people that when they come to me, even in their sometimes mid-50s and up, have lost the ability to push themselves up off of a sitting position and stand up from the floor. Yes, don't be that person, okay? So keep your upper body strength strong because if you don't use it, you will lose it. I guarantee it. I've seen enough older people in my profession and my years of working with people that um, that's one of the first things we have to work on is getting their arm strength better so that they can use push themselves up i swear to god don't be that person you piss me off especially now that you've been warned um leg strength though and i mean core strength you know all of your i tell i you know i do this little exercise with all of my clients when they first come to me um you can do it now i'll kind of explain it to you you know stand up put your arm out in front of you like straight out in front of you and don't tighten anything in your core, like in your abdomen, back, whatever. And then, you know, either push it down yourself or have somebody come up and push your arm down. I guarantee you, your arm's going to go whoop, right down. Now stick your arm out, 
tighten up your abdominals, maybe some muscles in your back, right? And have somebody or yourself push your arm down way, 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 way harder. If it's not, then you need to work some core muscles because you don't have any, any strength in your core or your trunk area. Um, you can do the same thing with the leg. So, you know, pick your leg up like you were going to kick something out in front of you and, the, you know, your foot's hanging down, uh, like a nine, what you call a 90-90 bend. And uh, don't tighten anything and have somebody or yourself push your leg down. It's going to go whoop, right down to the floor. Now do that again. Pick it up. Tighten up your abdominals. Try to push it down. It's going to hardly move. If it moves too easy, then you need to do something. Be a little proactive here, okay? It's not going to change itself. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to make some changes. It's a new year. It's a great time to make some changes. So that's a little exercise that we do. Um, just so that I can show people like your core, you know, or your trunk, you know, from your neck to your hips, um, controls all of your movements in your body. Some people don't realize that some people can become like leg dominant, like runners can become leg dominant and not use the core musculature. But, um, yeah, so your trunk like should control all of your peripheral movements, we call it. Uh, if it's not, Again, you need to seek some help. Um, it just could be because you've lost uh, proprioception, you know, which is just what you, your mind knowing what your body is doing in space and time. Um, you just need to, like, make that n neurological connection between your brain and your muscle. Because maybe the muscles are there. Um, if not, if there's a good chance, though, if you're a little bit older, that they're missing <laughs> a little bit, right? Um, but I guarantee you, you have some core musculature if you're standing up because that's what keeps you upright. So don't think all hope is lost. Uh, it could just be because you're just not activating. Anyways, so, uh, make sure your core is strong. Um, cause that's going to help you in your activity, even in your activities of daily living, your ADLs, we call them, especially as we get older. They're really important, you guys. Um, and also, uh. You know, your body, your legs. Your legs are your biggest muscles in your body. You guys don't let them go to waste. Don't let them, what we call what atrophy, right? A lot of people are familiar with that word, deterioration of muscle. You know, as you age, you know, speaking of uh, middle age and uh, weight bearing, it becomes so important, you guys. Especially, you know, you hit like 30. I'd I, I say 30 for sure. Like, because every decade... Beyond that, if you're not proactive about building muscle in your body, you're gonna lose a good ten percent, a good ten percent of your um, muscle mass in your body just from natural, just from the natural aging process. It's called sarcopenia. Um, so you really need to be proactive about this stuff, you guys. It, I, I don't do this just to, you know for job security. I'm like being straight up with you. Like this is me straight up. Telling you how it is. Like, this is, I don't make this shit up. So, uh, weight-bearing exercises build not only bone mass, you know, it helps with osteoporosis and bone mass. Like, you can completely eliminate osteoporosis from your life if you lift freaking weights and you start early enough. And if you start, and if you are diagnosed with osteoporosis and it's really early stages, you can reverse it. Now, you get to a certain point, you're like, well, shit, it's a little bit too long, too late. But guess what? You can significantly slow that process. Well, it will not affect your life when you get older. 
You don't want to be that little old lady walking down the road who's all hunched over because, you know, she has no musculature and she let her bones uh, fuse together in her spine and they got all weak. Don't, you know, you don't want to be that person. Like, and we don't know we're going to be that person until we are that person because we weren't proactive about it in, you know, in our 30s, 40s and 50s, even 60s. Hell, you know, my goal is the plan. I still want to work out when I'm 80. My grandma is 87 years old and likes to go to the senior center. She walks on her treadmill. She rides her bike. But she started going to the senior center a couple years ago and lifting some weight and, you know, using the machines and lifting some weights. I'm like, Grandma, you are my idol. You are my inspiration because I want to be freaking 87 years old. And I still want to be doing deadlifts and bench presses. Hello. Why not? But that's not going to happen unless I am proactive about that now. All right. So today, recap, we covered, we busted a couple myths, right? Weight gain doesn't have to happen just because we're getting older. And bone loss doesn't have to happen just because we're getting older. We can be very proactive about these things. Um, you know, really, I really highly recommend like jotting some of your food down for the next, you know, handful of days. See what you're eating. You know, next week, we'll, you know, we'll cover some stuff that you can do to help balance those hormones to, you know, uh, aid with weight loss or weight gain. Some, some women go the opposite way, but most of the time it's weight. It's weight. We need to lose weight. Um, but and we'll go, we'll get on that topic next week about weight loss. I hate actual weight loss. I'm looking for more lean muscle mass gains and body fat loss. But anyways, that's for a different discussion also. So. Look at your food. Look at your activity levels. What are you doing? Are you being proactive or are you just letting life kind of waste waste you away? Don't be that person. Straight up with you. All right. That's it for today. Hopefully I haven't I've inspired you to become a woman empowered. Take back control of your health and fitness. Don't let middle age railroad you. All right. See you next week.